Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 64 of the Weird Weird West. This is the last page of the Western Heroes section, which has been a collection of all the miscellaneous Western and Western-related player character options for the big party split in this adventure. These characters included the Rangers, a group of modern Southwestern superheroes whom I don't like and I wouldn't have used here. As we've discussed, there are many problems with those three characters. I won't rehash them here. I consider it self-evident that if you could make an adventure without Texas Twister and Shooting Star, you would. The problem, I guess, is that there weren't enough classic Marvel gunslingers to go around. You might have six player characters. Each of them needs an alternate player character to play when you do the party split, and you've only got four classic Marvel gunslingers. Rawhide Kid, Two-Gun Kid, Kid Colt, and the Phantom Rider, in ascending order of how much I hate them. So it's the fact that the author was short on real gunslingers, I feel, that made him feel the need to bring in these present-day losers, especially because there is an Old West Red Wolf. I mean, this is an Old West adventure. Why use the modern version of a character when you could use the Old West version? Because that would only make five. You're still one short, and so we still needed the Rangers. This is what I believed up until the last page of text in this book, but it is false. And the evidence is on this page, which finishes up the backstory of the Two-Gun Kid, and along the way, drops a very important name. First, let's give Two-Gun Kid his due. Starting back on page 63, here's the history of Two-Gun Kid. Quote, Matt Hawk was a young lawyer from Boston, Massachusetts, settled in Tombstone after the Civil War. Soon after arriving, Hawk was roughed up by a gang of rowdies led by Clem Carter until Carter's stepsister, Nancy Carter, a young schoolteacher, stopped them. Nancy Carter befriended Hawk, welcoming him to town. You know that your life is moving in the wrong direction when you first pass the bar and then are saved from bullies by teacher. You're going backward. Turn around. Anyway, later on, the so far no-guns kid sees those same bullies bullying Ben Dancer, uh, who used to be a top gunfighter and is now an old man. So Huck tries to go to help out, but obviously there's nothing he can do. Finally, Ben Dancer draws his gun, realizing there are no fresh-faced young school teachers around to save this useless big city motherfucker. I guess it falls to the old man to do the job. So he does. He's impressed by how brave Matt Hawk is, which is valid. When you're a young, pillow-soft Matt Hawk, it must take a lot of courage to do anything. So Ben Dancer decides to teach Hawk how to shoot. Big gunslinger montage. Hawk learns to shoot better than his mentor. He learns to ride. He learns to lasso. He exercises a lot. It says, quote, Hawk trained himself athletically until he was in excellent physical condition, which is not true. I think you'll find he has an agility of good and a strength of good. But good or excellent, it doesn't matter. He's becoming a pretty badass gunfighter. And Ben Dancer is worried that once word gets around about how good he is, people are going to start coming after him to get a reputation. They're going to try to take down this badass gunslinger and move up the gunslinger leaderboard. So Matt Hawk starts wearing a mask and he calls himself the Two-Gun Kid. And he's actually naming himself here, it says, after a fictional gunfighter within the fiction uh, named Clay Harder. And I think this is a case where there was an earlier comic book about a character called the Two-Gun Kid, maybe from Timely Comics, where the secret identity was Clay Harder. So they sort of made it that like those comics are comics within this comic book story. And this comic book character is naming himself after that earlier comic book character who is a comic book character within the world of the comic book. And then he got a real good horse named Thunder. No word on whether Thunder the horse was based on a one level deeper double fictional horse named Thunder. I assume that he was. 
So anyway, with his job done and his apprentice trained, Ben Dancer is going to go back east, but then his stagecoach gets knocked over by Clem Carter and his gang. They're trying to kill Dancer, but here comes Two-Gun Kid. They take down the gang together, and Matt Hawk embarks on his career as an almost kind of sort of Old West superhero, the Two-Gun Kid. Naturally, he falls in love with Nancy Carter. It says here, quote, his best friend was Boom Boom Brown, a former boxer whom Hawk trusted with the knowledge of his double identity. I have to admit that Boom Boom Brown is a pretty good boxer name, although it also sounds like a flavor of Popsicle that I would not trust. Now, this is the point in the history of Two-Gun Kid where we get into his later adventures, where he crosses over with all the other characters. It talks about his crossovers with other Western heroes. It talks about how in 1873, some of the Avengers come back in time and he fights with them against Kang. It talks about how he actually makes friends with Hawkeye and spends some time in the present. He also helped them fight Phantom Rider after he had kidnapped Mockingbird. And I happen to know that there are more temporal shenanigans in Two-Gun Kid's future. I believe at one point his timeline actually forked. He may have two deaths on record. And this is due partly to shenanigans in She-Hulk's book. At some point, she like plucked him out of history for a court trial or something. And he somehow managed to end up with like an alternate lifetime. Anyway, none of that is written down here. What is written down here, and this is the dumbest thing on this page in the sense that it reveals the dumbest omission. Quote, at times, the two-gun kid allied himself with other legendary gunfighters of his time, including Kid Colt, the Rawhide Kid, and the second Phantom Rider. In 1873, those four, plus the Ringo Kid, joined forces with three members of the Avengers, blah 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 Avengers. Wait a minute, who is this Ringo Kid? Why have I not heard about this Ringo Kid up to this point? I have to admit to not being an expert in Marvel Western characters, it sounded slightly familiar, but I didn't know who Ringo Kid was. So I went and looked him up. I read his Marvel Wiki page, and uncharacteristically, the Marvel Wiki page left me with a question, namely, why the fuck is Ringo Kid not in this book? Ringo Kid is an actual Old West Marvel character. Ringo Kid 1 was published in August 1954, so he's not one of these modern faker cowboy heroes. Unlike some of the other Western heroes who have unfortunate histories with unfortunate implications related to quote-unquote Indian attacks, Ringo Kid, to quote from the Marvel Wiki, quote, the Ringo Kid was the son of white settler Corey Rand and his Comanche wife, Dawn Starr, in the mid-19th century. So what happens is he's kind of raised in isolation because his parents know that he's going to have a rough time of it with mixed parentage. So his father tutors him on the kind of things he would have learned in a white people's school while he kind of grows up with the Comanche and learns their traditions about hunting and fighting and survival and so on. It says that he came to be very good with six guns and he enjoyed the ringing sound that bottles made during target practice. And that's why he got the nickname the Ringo Kid. In fact, we do not know canonically what his actual first name is, but more on that later. So his parents keep him away from other kids. He doesn't know that there's kind of a hostile world out there for him until when he was a teenager, he went into town to try to make friends and the kids were racists. In fact, one of them insulted his Comanche mom. As is bound to happen when you insult the Ringo kid's mom, hands were thrown. So this guy named Shad Rathburn, which is a wonderful name for a horrible person, decides here's an opportunity to get back at the Ringo kid's dad, the Ringo dad, for not selling me that land I wanted. So he starts laying into the Ringo kid, like literally beating this teenager, supposedly in punishment for fighting. That's when the Ringo dad shows up and shoots Shad Rathburn to death. Cheers all around. I haven't been this happy since Phantom Rider fell off a cliff. This does make the Ringo dad a murderer, technically, legally, because there is no justice. So he hands over his guns to the Ringo kid and he goes on the lam. Things go from bad to worse. Rathburn's guys come and kill Ringo kid's mom. They burn down the ranch. They go find the Ringo dad and they're about to lynch him. But when they're about to do that, here comes the Ringo kid, six guns in hand. He kills all the henchmen, which is only what they deserve for continuing to hench for a dead man who does that, thus repaying his debt to his father by also becoming an outlaw to save his father's life. And the two of them are like, we're both fugitives now, and we're more likely to make it if we part ways. I'll see you down the road. 
So he has all kinds of Western adventures. A lot of Western heroes had pretty good relations with various natives, but he's an actual Comanche, so he's got that going for him. Skipping ahead to the powers and abilities section of his wiki page, it says, quote, The Ringo Kid once experienced Pakiwanta, also known as the Life Mirror by the Comanche people. This allowed him to remotely view events that were happening elsewhere that were closely related to him. In this instance, he saw his father being attacked by outlaws. If this was a power which the kid exhibited, be it mystical or mutation-based, or a vision projected from an outside source, remains to be seen. He can ride and shoot just like the other cowboys, but he can also use a bow, which on a practical level is great flexibility to have in the Old West, and on a story level, it's great to have someone else in the group who could maybe use Hawkeye's bow. That would be a cool scene. So what the fuck else do you want from this guy? You're, you're looking for Old West gunslingers. You've got four gunslingers plus Red Wolf. You need one more. And here on the last page of the book, you mentioned the Ringo Kid. Where is this guy? You want an honest-to-God early Marvel gunslinger? Here he is. You want native representation in the player character group? Here he is. He's a Comanche. You want a gunslinger who's different from the other gunslingers? He uses a bow, and he has at least once had a vision of an event nearby. It's pretty mysterious. Might be mystical, might not. But it's a thing that happened to him, and it could happen again. That helps you move the plot forward, and it separates him from the other gunslingers. He dresses all in black with a red neckerchief. That's a cool look. Very different, once again, from the other gunslingers. Kind of the opposite of the Phantom Rider, which is a good thing in basically all areas of life. I can't understand why Ringo Kid was not used here. Like, it's not like the fucking Ringo Kid movie rights are tied up somewhere, and he couldn't be used. He's he's right there. He's available. The author clearly knew about him. He even met the West Coast Avengers before. So yeah, dumbest thing, Ringo Kid deserves to be in this book. He needs to be in this book. And if I were running this module, I would write him up and make him a player character option. And that would allow me to completely ditch the Rangers once I mildly restat Red Wolf to be the Old West version, and I can still support up to six player characters without having to use a single hokey modern-day Southwest superhero that nobody cares about. So that's really it for the episode. But the thing is, I had to look this up in the wiki, and I discovered something, and I ran it down. I spent way too much time on it. I feel like I need to tell you, even though it's, it, sincerely it's not worth hearing. But I spent time on figuring this out, so I'm going to set myself a timer. I'm going to give myself five minutes. And if I can't do it in five, you're never going to hear this. Okay, so here it goes. The Ringo Kid. We don't know what his first name is, but he's called the Ringo Kid because he loves the ringing of the bottles when he does target practice, okay? So we do know what his father's name is. His father's name is Corey Rand. And we know that Ringo Kid's last name is also Rand. Now, the last name Rand may ring a bell for you if you are a Marvel Comics fan because Iron Fist's true name is Danny Rand. This got me thinking, is it possible that Danny Rand could be related to the Ringo Kid's father, the Ringo Dad, Corey Rand. So I looked into it. I followed the genealogy back. It turns out that Danny Rand's father is Wendell Rand, who was this rich guy who ended up in the secret city of Kunlun in the Himalayas. And that's all a big part of Danny's backstory. What I didn't know before looking into this, I kind of knew about Wendell. Like I didn't remember that his name was Wendell, but I kind of knew the story. What I didn't know was that Wendell's father was Orson Rand, who was an earlier Iron Fist. He was a superhero in his own right. He was active in like the World War I era, more of like a pulp guy. And he also grew up in Kunlun. His father was Phineas Rand, who had like an airship that crashed in Kunlun. We know when some of these things happened. Phineas Rand, who actually was technically called Phineas Randall at the time. At some point, the surname changed. But Phineas Randall, as he was then known, crashed his airship in Kunlun when his wife was pregnant with Orson. We know that Orson Randall left Kunlun to be Iron Fist in the regular secular world when he was 17. And we know that he was a member of Freedom's Five, which was an early super team by 1917. We also know that Orson was still alive in 2007 for his appearance in Immortal Iron Fist, 
which would have made him at least 107 years old in that story. It's not plausible that he's much older than that, which means that Orson Randall has to have been born in about 1900 or not long before. If Phineas Randall was in his early 20s when he crashed, he would have been born in 1870-something, which is coincidentally the last we hear about the Ringo Kid. He teamed up with the Avengers against Kang, and we don't know what happened after that. No clue. Unlike some of these other Western heroes who've been revisited later. So, it's entirely plausible, it all fits, if the Ringo Kid had a son, and that son was Phineas, and that son went by Phineas Randall to conceal his identity because the Ringo Kid, whatever his name is Rand, is an outlaw. He doesn't want the fate that befell him and his father to befall little Phineas. Gotta keep the kid legally separated from the outlaw, right? The timing on this all works out. Now, you may know that Power Man Luke Cage and Jessica Jones had a baby. That baby's name is Danielle, and she is Danny Rand's goddaughter. She's named after Danny, because Danny is Luke's best friend. I think it would be great if this latter-day addition to the Marvel Universe, Luke and Jessica's daughter, Danielle, a mixed-race character, were named not just after Danny Rand, who is Iron Fist and who sucks, but if she were named after an earlier relative after whom Danny Rand was named, such as his great-great-grandfather, the Ringo kid who grew up and became a Ringo dad in his own right. With Danielle being named after Danny, it's totally plausible that Danny is named after an earlier Dan Rand, Phineas Randall's father. This would create a wonderful link between this very early, mid-50s, ahead-of-his-time, mixed Comanche and white Marvel character and baby Danielle. It would solve the old mystery of what the Ringo kid's first name is, and it would mean that based on his enjoyment of the sounds of target practice, instead of calling him the Ringo kid, we could call him Bango Dango, an outcome that I think is worth the literally hours that I spent putting this together. Join me next time when we wrap up the interior of the Weird Weird West with a battle map of the Cronivore's brain on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>